What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? And thank you so much for tuning in today. I am stoked to be here back in studio. You know, this whole COVID-19 thing has really, I'm sure it's turned your life upside down. It has changed the way we operate as as a whole across the globe. It has been crazy. And for a while, we are trying to bring you the drop-in from my basement. And technological difficulties made it, uh, it was just frustrating. You know, I'm sure you've seen it on NBC and all over the TVs. There, Everybody's having trouble. And so we ran some of the shows that you haven't seen before. Some of the most amazing shows. You saw Miles Neal. The, the, I mean, top five in the world about Buddhism. We ran that show, and I was stoked on that. And then you saw some encore shows over the last month. Some of my favorite episodes of The Drop-In. Well, I am back in studio, here at the NRM studios, and I feel like I'm back home. There's not a lot of people here. You know, we're, we're socially distancing. You have to wear your mask in, you see. And I could not think of a better guest to be here in studio with me today. Uh, The young lady sitting across the table. We've been friends, I mean, I think uh, somewhere probably junior high maybe because we went to opposite elementary schools. So I don't think we really uh, met each other till junior high and had a lot of uh, similarities, a lot of similar interests, artwork, punk rock, being a little different. I mean, uh, the three other dudes that skateboarded in our city were my friends, and were, we were all friends, you know? We were doing things a little different. And so it's just, it, it was cool. We were talking before we walked in, and I think it's been about 20, 25 years since we've been in the same room with each other. We've talked on the phone, and our stories were similar as life progressed. Uh, different but similar. This month, the whole month of August, I decided to bring in some of my friends, to talk about recovery because uh, I'm honest about my my journey. You guys know I uh, three stints at Brighton for uh, rehab and three and a half years ago I decided vodka was going to kill me and I, 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 I just couldn't do it anymore. I didn't want to die. It was making me somebody I wasn't. I, was, I, I would drink to blackout every single night of the week. That was my MO, and I didn't want to do that anymore. And since then, life has just blossomed. I am I'm so thankful every single day I wake up that I wake up again. And, and I might get teary-eyed talking about it because uh, when you get to the point where you are going to die, where you want to die, if you can get past that, uh, yeah, the, uh, there's nothing you cannot accomplish. And the rest of this month, today, I have my very great friend Amy Chorky in here. Next week, I have a young lady who has 23 years sober. And on the 27th, a great friend of mine who his last drink was in fifth grade. And he decided that he didn't want to go down that road. We have three amazing shows. And we're going to start Right now. I want to thank you so much for tuning in to the drop-in. We're going to keep you excited for about the next 22 minutes. But in the meantime, I want to introduce you to uh, one of the coolest people I've ever known in my life. The best artist um, I have ever known. And I'm honored. We used to drive to college together. And she is just a a, a, a freaking phenomenal creative mind. uh, for all you guys across the globe, thank you again for tuning in. For everybody, the whole drop-in uh, audience, uh, I introduce you to my very great friend, Amy Chorky. Amy, thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome. 
Yeah, how was the drive-in? I mean, it can't be too far for you. No, it was cool. I got to jam out. Yeah? I don't mind driving. I What'd you rock out to today? Uh, Slayer, Van Halen, um, Scissor Sisters, uh, Alice in Chains. Cool. Across the board. You know, I'll tell you something funny. When, when uh, you agreed to come on the show, there was uh, one point in time, I don't know, we were in like ninth grade, and you had this button-up shirt on, and it, it had the cult down the side like love, and I wanted that shirt, and you got it at like Noir Leather, and I went to Noir Leather, and they didn't have it, and I was crushed. I remember that. <laughs> I don't, the different things you remember, Yeah, you know? I got in trouble for wearing the cult gear in high school, too. Yeah. They thought it was a cult. <laughs> That show, that shows the uh, progress that the world has made nowadays. But let's start right there. Let's start, uh, you know, growing up in Riverview and in in how how was life growing up? Uh, growing up was great. I had a great time. Uh, very involved in everything, sports. I grew up in a hockey rink. Uh, both dad, brother, coached, played. Mom was a waitress. I wanted to be a waitress just like her. Uh, I loved the cash. You know, just waiting on people and everything has always made me excited um became friends with everybody across the board uh just very passionate about everybody's interests got along with a lot of people um i just had a great time you know shit happened it always does but on the on the general i grew up pretty well well, and I remember, because you'll post it every once in a while, your baseball pictures, and I, oh. I, I love those. Those are great, because I played in the same league and probably played against each other yeah. in that league. What team were you on? Uh, the Astros at yeah. some point. Um, hey. You know, and we had great jerseys. I was on the Astros once, yeah, on the I, orange team. Yeah, the jerseys are epic. There was just like orange, white sleeves, script. Green. That's it. Yankees. You know? I was on the green Yankees. It, yeah, yeah. It was just a, a cool city to grow up in, because it was very blue-collar. Everybody yeah. looked out for everybody, and it really didn't get sort of, you know, we didn't have the Riverview Glens, which is where, like, sort of the rich people, well, we, I thought the rich people lived. And uh, but, and I thought you were where the rich people lived. <laughs> in, in Colonial Village. Yeah, I know. It was a village. Yeah, yeah. And, That's a big and, word. But it was just, it was a rad city to grow up in, and I, I feel very fortunate that we did. And, Absolutely. Um, you know, in high school, you and I got to know each other a little better. Um, we had, we ran in the same group of like 10 friends, but, um, you know, you did a lot of awesome stuff in high school and I feel you broke a lot of boundaries because, you know, you had a mohawk and and you dressed a little different, but yet, you know, I was a class president. That's what I was going to bring up. Can you talk about that a little bit? How, how that was? Um, well, I had this crazy idea of changing the world, you know, and I, I, I liked traditions, but I wanted to break them, create new ones. And being in a high school that my dad went to and kind of the teachers that went to school in the 60s and that went to school in the 60s ended up being our teachers. So it was just kind of monotonous. So I thought I could bring a little life into the whole system and uh, met a lot of great friends doing it. And being in so many different things from band to art, um, the thing is, is when you're in band, you end up playing for the football team. And my brother was a jock. So I had the whole spectrum. And it's just so weird when you're in band, you're playing for the other team. You're playing for the jocks. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it was a big, it was a big boundary when we were kids. Hopefully those, those boundaries aren't so, you know, enforced, you know. 
But but it know. was sort of funny because we were talking about Tony Weeks before yeah. he came on the air, and yeah. I was very good friends with Tony. Big Mohawk, his mom yep. though, owned a, uh, a beauty shop called The Styling Stop, which was on our block. And we would all still go to the football game. So we'd be at his mom's beauty shop. He'd be doing his Getting mohawk the, maroon and yep, gold and stuff. Shaving stuff on the side. Yeah, like we were still supporting our yeah. school team and going to the dances yep. and doing our thing. So it wasn't, it was a, sort of a rivalry, but sort of not. You yeah, know? we weren't disrespectful, I don't think. Other maybe than a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it was great. And, I had um, a good time. You know, uh, you and I... Uh, you know, we were both voted most artistic in 12th grade in the yearbook together. Do you remember that photo? I should have brought the yearbook to show you. I don't know if I remember the photo. Oh, I'll have to show it to you. Yeah. We're holding up artwork that we did that year. Yeah, you'll have to post it because we had a pretty cool art teacher and she yeah. let us do our thing. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, following high school... You know, I wasn't the smartest kid. I was like a C student, you know. I, I, I was. But I got into Wayne State, and you uh, also got into Wayne State. And um, and I thought that was very eye-opening because we got to meet people from all over, mm-hmm. all over the place. That was um, great. That was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, let's talk about that because my mom, <laughs> my mom was super stoked. Amy is coming on the show, and all she could talk about was the freaking giant. Was it a Saint Regis? I don't even yeah, remember. It was but the car was a land yacht. Yes, it was a Saint Regis. the The back floorboards were blown out, so you could throw your garbage out the back. Um, I'd cruise eighty, and it was like a whale all the way. I'd make it to like eighteen minutes down to Saint Andrews. You know, I had it down pat. Yeah, that was a great car. Everybody remembers that car because I did so many stickers or from the Kiss, you know, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It was covered. Well, yeah. how tall are Man you? Man alive. How, ta- uh, how I'm tall? Four eleven and three quarters. Okay, so she's four eleven and she's driving a freaking land yacht. I saw- That's why people remember that. <laughs> you know where I saw is the the steering wheel was huge, <laughs> and I saw between the steering wheel and the dashboard. So that was my view. It was basically where I saw between the dashboard and the steering wheel. I just remember, and and you described it perfectly, like floating across the Rouge River Bridge. Like yeah, it wasn't- exactly. I think I'm talking about the same night. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a great experience. The bridge. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, in Wayne trip. State, you know, I, I still get to see some of those people, Steve mm-hmm. Rinaldi and, and some of the crew that um, we became friends with at yeah. Wayne State. I don't remember being in too many classes together, but we always congregated at the student center. Yeah, um, that little gem. That yeah. was, I mean, just keeping in contact with those Wayne Staters, you know. And even people that uh, were younger than us that went to Wayne State, you're still in the Wayne State, you mm-hmm. know. Because you experienced the whole going to the city, you know, we parked in the mud lots, getting tickets, you know, car broken into, you know, you all kind of go through this whole thing going to Wayne State, you know. Yeah, and it was funny going there because they thought, uh, at one point, uh, people insinuated like we were like farmers, like people from the Tri-County. Down River. <laughs> yeah, and, and the people from like Oakland County and stuff, they thought we were farmers. So I would like wear overalls in with a Same piece of here. straw in my mouth, like, yeah, just milk the cow for my cereal. Like, they, it was so disconnected, but then by the end, we were all such a, a tight It's funny because they probably thought of us how we thought of Monroe. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Wayne State was definitely, definitely, uh, I, 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 I look yeah. back on that time with just great, great uh, 
memories. Of yeah, everything. I got to move out, move out of the parents' house, you know, experience living on your own, getting your own utilities, all that jazz. Such a growth experience. Um, but, you know, uh, the focus of this whole show, the next two episodes, I wanted to focus on recovery. And I wanted to ask you, um, you know, later in, you know, I, as you guys know, I send out outlines and sometimes we jump around um, with uh, drinking. Mm-hmm. When, when was the first time you had a drink? 12 years old. And how long 12, did you 13. drink for? Um, I drank a couple of times. Uh, I didn't, I never drank a beer, um, never drank wine. I went straight to alcohol. Uh, I tried gin, dry gin, that just, yeah, kids, you know, <laughs> it's like whatever you can find. But uh, we had a trailer out on a lake, and friends of ours' parents had a bar, so their whole trailer was full of liquor. So, um, and they had those uh, orange tumblers that were red, and then the smaller ones were like this uh, brown color. And I remember just filling them up. The brown one wasn't enough, you know. I drank to pass out. And that happened a couple of times, and then, you know, it's just scary shit happened. And then um, we were partying, as you call it, right, as a kid. Um, we were at uh, another state park and had to hide the liquor out in the woods because we couldn't come in. I was 13, my brother was 15, and left me at the, the lake to go get the stuff in the woods and never came back. Got into a huge car accident, broke his neck, severed his artery, and I stopped. That's when I stopped drinking at 13. Um, that was a big wake-up call. And then 16 hits, and uh, I'm babysitting. You know, I was like, oh, there it is again. It's free. Because my parents didn't drink, so it wasn't around. Um, so there was nothing in the house. But uh, I saw it again, and I was like, man, that's just, it's golden. You know, it's warm, and, you, you know, just everything goes away. And um, so I uh, started drinking again. Um, and... Uh, babysat and completely obliterated myself. Uh, woke up the next day. Um, it was awful. And I, uh, nobody could get a hold of me. So when my boyfriend at the time finally got a hold of me and I told him, he was so pissed at me that I was just like, you know, I, there's something wrong with me. Every time there's a consequence of something bad happens. It start, it's at 16, mm-hmm. you know. So I stopped. I didn't drink again until 21. So I didn't drink through high school. I didn't drink through the beginning of college until I hit 21. And I was living in Hamtramck, uh, right by the Falcon Club. Five door, 132 steps. That's all I needed to know. I <laughs> uh, would just hang out there, Baker Streetcar Bar. And my best friends were 39 and 75. And I was 21, 22. Uh, there I was again, drinking the blackout. Uh, never, never, I, I started where I left off at 16 and at 12 and 13, you know, I never, still didn't drink beer, never drank wine, just, you know, rarely any mixers. It was just, you know, 75 cent Jaeger at the Norwalk and, you know. And see, you bring up a great point that, um, when, when people get into the program, like whatever your program is, and we're going to talk a little bit about that later, probably in episode two, um, but in NAA, they say, you know, if you're sober for any length of time, where when you pick up again, you pick up right where you left off five minutes ago, five years ago, 15 years ago. Absolute truth. And the reason I wanted to bring up 
when you started drinking because uh, I only knew you as sober, Amy. Like mm-hmm. our, our whole our whole group in high school really didn't party that I knew of. Mm-mm. Uh the first sip of beer I ever had was with Tony Weeks in Houston. He bought some Mickey's Big Mouths and Ted <laughs> Ted Bundy drank Mickey's. So I'm like, let me test that. And uh, but I never drank a full beer till I was like 25. I was pretty much straight edge. I you know being a hockey player and right. and I didn't claim straight edge, but I had a lot of respect for, for my athletics. And uh, when you told me you know like I started a little early and this and that, I'm like, I had no idea. I had no idea. I thought you know I don't remember McGraw secrets, mm-hmm. secrets, and that's it. You know when when um, when. For me, when I started drinking, like, I don't think there's 10 people on the planet who have seen me drunk Mm -hmm. because I was the, you know, drive everybody home and then pick up a fifth on the way home and go drink myself alone. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how I drank. But um, so in college, the Falcon Club's awesome, by the way. I was playing drums in a band called Captain Feedback, and we got to play the Falcon Club a few times. But that was a, a cool little scene. And obviously, you know, being footsteps away from that scene and having some older friends, it makes a little bit more accessible. Um, now, did that at that time, did it affect uh, Wayne State? Did it affect your, your, yeah, your education? Yeah, um... When I started drinking, I started drinking before class. So I remember I got into a really difficult class, and it was at 11.30. So I made sure I started drinking at 10. Um, gosh, this is so crazy talking about it. I'm like, wow, I really did this kind of shit. But, yeah, I, I, I was so nervous, you know. I'd start drinking by 10, I'd, you know, and then I'd be cool by 11.30. Um Gosh, what was the question? Just did it affect your education? Yeah, it did. Wayne State, it, I, I had was... to drink between classes just to not shake. It got to the point where um, I got incompletes one semester and I had to make up for it. You know, and I was like, that was all due to drinking, not getting up from my 830 to 1130s. You know, because our classes were three hours at a time. Mm-hmm. So we'd go to that little bar in between classes where we'd see professors and other students. You know, it was just not a big deal. It really wasn't anything to think of because it was like, hey, I'm an adult now. For a normal drinker. Yeah, for a, yeah. <laughs> a normal just, drinker. Exactly. I just, there was no, you know, I knew it wasn't normal, but I just didn't, you know, I had no control. I was terrified. Like, people would drink and I'm like, oh, no, I don't need, I'm terrified of that. You know, I'm terrified of that. I don't know if you remember Heather. Uh, she hung out with us, a, a little, like, sort of hip chick. And one At time, Wayne State? Yeah. Heather Mc- McGuire? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one time we went to the warehouse. Uh-huh. And, on Monday night. Yep. And it was hilarious because, you know, she was having a beer and I was there. And I thought, she's like, do you want a sip of my beer? And I took a tiny little sip and somebody saw me kick me out immediately. And I'm like, see, that's what it <laughs> does. I'm terrified of it and that's what happens. But I... I don't even know why I remembered that. But. You know what's a weird thing is is uh, my drinking was so secretive through my whole career. Um, I didn't buy a drink in a bar since the 1990s. Mm. I was straight up liquor store. I did, I think, go... I Well, I was told they saw me at Susie's when I was working at uh, Polish Village. And I was drinking on the job that I went to Susie's and had a couple of shots like on shift. But I have no recollection of doing that. Interesting. Very interesting. So that might have been the last time I drank in a bar was at Susie's. But, you know, but other than that, it was just buying it, you yeah. know. 
and it, it's you know drinking uh, it wasn't very social i was not there's nothing social you know about my drinking yeah i i can completely relate with that because um you know there was a you know when i was drinking occasionally i would have a beer and and people be like i didn't even know you drank i thought you were straight edge like they same kind of thing mm -hmm. i i on the way home stop and get a bottle or two and then drink to black out by myself and for a while i'm like i can't even draw if i'm not half in the bag and i remember friends from wayne state scott uh Raynard, or going no that isn't it <laughs> you can draw i'm like no if i'm not depressed i can't draw if i'm not right. drinking i can't draw you had to draw. be a self-tortured artist i thought that there had to be you know i had to be fighting something to be able to create right know? it was just like a it, you know you learn and learn. any justification, you know. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, I'm stressing. Just, I need this. Yeah, I, I can't sleep. I need it. You know, mm -hmm. I'm afraid. I can't. You know, I used to think that I'm. I used to watch TV at night, going, I, "How do these late night talk show people do it? Not, not drinking. How are they not drunk interviewing people right now? How are they up at 11:30 not drunk? You know, mm -hmm. just that kind of thinking is, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we can. Uh, it, it's frustrating, and luckily we can sit here and talk about it now and, uh, you know, actually look at it and go, I get it now. I understand, you know, and we find different ways to cope with those times. For me, it's stay busy. I stay busy 24 hours a day. Yeah. Like, I, 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 every day is too exhaustion. And one day I'll get past that, but I'm still there, you know, it, it, and that's how I deal with it. And, and for a while, I'm like, I can't shut my brain off. I can't sleep. I can't do this unless I have a fifth of vodka or I'm blacked out. Yeah. I, I just don't understand. I had a good uh, five year when I was in my 20s before I stopped in uh, 2000. I had five years with uh, three days without blackouts. Yeah, I moved to Lansing uh, with my ex-husband, boyfriend at the time, but I, you know, I moved out of the city from living in the city, being somebody, moving into Lansing while he went to Michigan State to nobody in the middle of nowhere. Now, you graduated from Wayne, Wayne State. State. You did graduate. Yep, 96, and... Bachelor of Fine Arts. Painting. Okay. And that's where you met your ex-husband at Wayne State? Uh, no, he wasn't going to Wayne State at the time. We, I had a house in Hamtramck, and my roommate was his housemate's brother. So we had house parties, and we just kind of had house parties. So that's how I met him. And now at that time, were you drinking? No. When you met him? No. No. I remember asking questions like my housemate would play soccer and have a beer afterwards. I'm like, how can you just have a beer? After playing soccer, you know, because I was all or nothing. If I was playing sports, I was hardcore, you know, I'm going to do it to, you know, to the end. But it, when I would drink, I wasn't playing sports. You know what I mean? It was one, it was all or nothing again, another case of it. But I was just like, how do you have a beer? Right, right. And that's, that's the thought process. Like if, if, if you're watching this and you can relate, you might want to uh, hit me up, drop me a line, drop Amy a line. If you can relate to this conversation, uh, let's talk a little bit more about it. And if you can't relate, uh, try to understand what we're saying. Like uh, for an alcoholic or an addict uh, to look at somebody and go, 
how can you leave half a drink there and be done with your dinner and get up and walk away? Like, I, I can't, I couldn't grasp that concept. Like, do you realize what you're wasting right there? I was a party clearer upper. I made sure there was no empty glasses. <laughs> right. That I, was disgusting. <laughs> oh, the horror, you know, <laughs> I, I, the horror stories, um, you know, when you, when we look back, you know, I, I I I used to hide all of my empty half pint bottles, mm-hmm. and and Same then here. when I'd go to get rid of them, it was me putting a garbage bag of half pints of liquor mm-hmm. and taking them to a random uh, like gas station, a big uh, garbage thing, and sneaking back there and like throwing them in it. Yeah, and yeah. then <laughs> speeding off in case somebody saw me. Yeah, you know, did anybody see me? It's crazy, but um. We're coming down to the last 30 seconds of this first 25 minutes. Amy, I cannot thank you for coming here and sharing with us. Mm -hmm. And you guys, dude, we just hit the tip of the iceberg, man. And, and so make sure to tune in to episode two with my wonderful friend, Amy Chorky. And I just want to thank you guys for tuning into the drop-in. I'm stoked to be back in studio, back in the saddle with one of uh, my lifelong friends. So tune in to episode two, and we're going to get deeper into what alcohol can do. So tune in, and I just want to thank you guys so much.